0: Today, the FBI confiscates the cell phone of a Republican congressman. Corinne Jean-Pierre denies that the White House knew about the raid on President Trump in advance, and Biden claims inflation is at zero percent. Try telling that to my bank account. All right, it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy. I'm filling in this week for Sarah Gonzalez. Thanks for joining us. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to have some information about the raid on President Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence yesterday. We're going to dive into that in just a second. But first, I want to introduce the guest at the table, Mr. Rob Eno. Good to see you again, our Blaze TV media critic and just all around great guy. And then Jason Buttrell, the chief researcher for the Glenn Beck program. Glad to have you here,
1: too. No one improves, right? Got rid of it.
0: I like it. And you've gotten some sun. You've been out living your best life, having a good summer. So
1: Apparently, you get sunburn on the top of your head <laughs> if you shave your hair off. It's
2: kind
0: of crazy. I'll keep that in mind next time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So we're going to start with, again, what the White House is claiming about the raid on Trump's residence yesterday. So White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, she denied that the White House knew about the FBI raid on his home during a press briefing yesterday, claiming Joe Biden wasn't given any information beforehand. So let's take a listen.
1: Was the president or anyone at the White House aware of that search warrant? Or had, has anyone at the White House or the president been briefed in the aftermath of that search warrant being executed?
3: No. The president was not briefed. did not, was not aware of it. No, no one at the White House was given uh, a heads up. No, that did not happen.
1: Is the White House at all concerned, uh, given the domestic political climate, but also the signal that it sends to the rest of the world that the Department of Justice carried out this sort of operation on a former president that it could even be — uh, create the, uh, the appearance of uh, politically uh, motivated prosecutor?
3: So first off — and you've heard us say this many times at this podium, you've heard the president say this uh, — th- the Justice Department conducts investigations independently. And we leave any law enforcement matters to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, It would not be appropriate for us to comment on any ongoing investigations. I can say that President Biden has been unequivocal since the campaign. He believes in the rule of law. (laughs) Does he
0: now? All right. I'm going to get your thoughts on this. And then I want to play a clip, too, of Peter Ducey with Fox News, who continues to press her, because trying to get an answer out of Corrine Jean-Pierre that makes sense is... Very difficult, so Rob, what's your take? You let think me, the White House Let me see House if knew? I can get
4: it. Uh, my take is that <laughs> there is no, um, it's amazing that she has to read like everything. She doesn't give an answer for anything without going to the binder. Like it, it's the funniest thing. In and that's a later
1: development. In the beginning, yeah. she was more off the cuff. She screwed everything up. like, uh, so right, so I, I stick to it. Yeah. This
4: is what I must say. <clears throat> I mean, of course, though. I, I, I mean, I don't know if the White House know. I don't know if Joe Biden know. I knew. I. I they knew. I think. Yeah, he knew. They knew. I mean, I, I'm going to say, I don't. Yeah, absolutely. They knew. They know what they're doing. This is political. The entire Department of Justice has become political over the past 20 to 30 years. It was probably political before we said it. There was a guy at Vox, Zach Beauchamp, um, who today had an article that said the Republican response to the Mar a Lago uh, raid should scare you because they're saying that the government is not, you know, that the government is corrupt and it's not doing that. And he's saying it's without evidence. I mean, without evidence, you had the Whitmer plot that was. You know, the Whitmer, Whitmer kidnapping mm-hmm. plot that we come to find out was an FBI entrapment scheme. I think, what is it, 95 percent of every terrorist arrested in the United States since 2001 was usually because the FBI was trying to tell them to do stuff. I mean, yeah. there is a long history of the FBI doing these things. So don't give me that there's no
1: evidence. Oh, the, the FBI. Get rid of the FBI. Right. I'll just say it. Disband the FBI. I think that we do need something in its place to do their job, but not the FBI. Uh, The rule of law, the FBI. Come on. When have they ever. I'm talking about I'm not talking about the rank and file members of the FBI. Those guys are great. They do their job. It's institutional at the top. The corruption is it was founded by J. Well, J. Edgar Hoover helped to found the FBI. He was the first director and J. Edgar Hoover like known for wiretaps, illegal burglaries, um, uh, all kinds of other things, surveillance on people like Martin Luther King Jr., like all kinds of crazy stuff. That's what the FBI, that's its founding director, that's what he started. And then all of a sudden he went away and we're supposed to believe, oh, everything went back to normal. No, we saw everything that happened during Obamagate. Uh, I could go on forever on this, but um, of course they knew. Of course they knew. The day that this happened was the anniversary of Richard Nixon's resignation. Wow, was that purely by chance? No. no oh my no. gosh, that's such a coincidence. Yeah. No, this is you know, symbolic. This was symbolic. And
4: they went like through Melania's clothes. It's like they didn't do a targeted search. And then they told the Trump's lawyers that he couldn't be there. When your lawyers, if they're there when you do it, get to be there to see what you're taking. Right.
1: Okay. So, so, so new today, um, Eric Trump gave uh, an interview with. I think it was the Daily Mail. And uh, he said that their lawyer was, not allowed, was had to stand, I think, 10 feet back from the, uh, from the agent that showed them the, the warrant, and they didn't even get a copy of the warrant. That's, this is from Eric Trump. So they, did not, they were not allowed to have a copy of the warrant, and they had to stay at least 10 feet back. How are you going to read that? How are you going to read that? How do you know what I, it pertains? How do you know what it does? How is that even legal? Appa- I, I if you just flash a warrant and you're 10 feet away, is yeah. that like one of those legalese ways? Oh, we did our job. No. That's, yeah. and, and I think, stinks. it stinks.
4: I, apparently, they also were asked to shut off the security cameras and the Marlowe people it. did not do that. Yeah. So I have a feeling that within the next few days, you're going to see video of this entire thing happening.
1: I just saw the newest thing I just saw on this was that apparently there was an FBI informant here we go again, mm-hmm. that inform- that told the FBI, I guess someone in, in Trump's circle, that told them where documents were, where they could find them, and I guess maybe a description of the types of stuff that they, that right. they would find. But it seemed like it was kind of... To me, this seems like a giant fishing expedition. Well,
4: no, that, that's the thing. If you that's know where the doc, like. if that's true, you know where the documents are. You go in. Here's the warrant. We're here to get these eight boxes because that's so what you they told us to there. Mm-hmm. So you go yeah. in and you get it. But they go, they spend nine hours going through the entire thing because they got in. So they went in on a fishing expedition. Yeah, so, so, exactly. Yeah. That's
1: a very good point. So if you did have an FBI informant, it was like, okay, the documents are there. That's what you're going to find them. You're not going to be there for nine hours. Right. You go in there and get the four boxes right. that you've been told about, and then you get out of there. I don't believe this for a second. We still haven't gotten the actual comment from the president on this. The DOJ hasn't said anything.
0: Well, and I think that, that's why Peter Ducey with Fox News, he was really pressing Carine Jean-Pierre and saying, is the White House weaponizing the DOJ? And here's, here's what he asked and here's
3: what she responded with.
5: Do you consider Donald Trump to be a political rival of President Biden?
3: I'm not going to speak to that from here.
5: But you talk about Trump all the time. So do you consider him to be?
3: <laughs> I, don't, a, I don't talk about Trump all the time.
5: Ultra MAGA, you guys were criticizing his handling of COVID last week. Yeah. You've mentioned his January 6th response a couple of days I'm, ago. No. So can you say, based on that, I didn't say anything about mar a I'm just asking you if you consider the president I'm, to be I'm capable.
3: saying from here, I'm not going to comment on that.
5: Is there. A concern here that if you guys don't say more, then these Republicans who are accusing this White House of weaponizing the Justice Department, weaponizing the FBI, are—that's going to become the, the public sentiment. If you guys don't say once and for all, we are not doing that.
3: First, first of all, we're just not going to comment on the Department of Justice investigation. Okay, we're just—we're just, we're just not going to comment are, on that. Is
5: this White House weaponizing the Justice Department and the FBI against against political opponents?
3: The president has been very clear uh, from before he was elected, very clear on this. Hold on. Throughout his time in office. I I heard
5: the quote. We will be playing the quote tonight at six o'clock. Is this administration weaponizing the Justice Department and the FBI against political opponents?
3: Peter, the president believes in the rule of law.
1: SHE WOULD NOT ANSWER. SHE COULDN'T ANSWER. THAT'S INSANE.
0: AND FOR ANYBODY THAT THINKS THIS WAS JUST LIMITED TO FORMER PRESIDENT TRUMP, THE FBI ALSO CONFISCATED THE CELL PHONE OF THE REPUBLICAN CONGRESSMAN REPRESENTATIVE SCOTT PERRY WHILE HE WAS TRAVELING ON TUESDAY WITH HIS FAMILY. So he said, FBI agents visited me, they seized my cell phone, they made no attempt to contact my lawyer who would have made arrangements for them to have my phone if that was their wish. I'm outraged, though not surprised, that the FBI, under the direction of Merrick Garland's DOJ, would seize the phone of a sitting member of Congress. And he said, my phone contains info about my legislative and political activities, my personal and private discussions with my wife, my family, my constituents, my friends. None of this is the government's business. So do you guys think that this is also related to the raid on President Trump?
4: Yeah, I I don't know if it's related to the raid, but it's the same sort of thing. I've had emails taken by a regulatory agency um, for selling political printing in a former life. Right. And you have the ability to redact things. You have the ability to give the documents in the way that they want it, and they ask for, you know, here's how you want it. And you have the ability to narrow the search, and that's what the lawyer will do if you're asked to get the documents, to so just go in and get the phone. Of course it's to intimidate. You remember Henry Quaylar down in um, the, the South Texas, who is a vocal Democrat against the president's immigration policies, had an investigation this year brought up against him. You know, so of course that this what and you'll remember in the Obama administration that they—I don't I remember if they wiretapped, but they did something. I think it was wiretapped members of Congress, and they were looking through the NSA at their dealings with foreign people. You remember they did that. It—it it, it always is funny that it seems to happen when you know the Democrats are in charge. That the—but the FBI gets weaponized like this. It's just—it's insane. Of course they did, and it's just—it's time to defund the FBI the FBI, it's time to get rid of the FBI, and it's, I, I don't think you can trust the FBI, and I think that 80% of people today, there's a poll out, I think, that 80% of people said that you can't trust to get prosecuted correctly, mm-hmm. so yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, my answer to your question is yes, it's directly uh, uh-huh. uh, uh having to do with the raid on uh, Donald Trump. Uh, Like I said before, the, the raid against Donald Trump was a giant fishing expedition. They want so badly to connect him where they haven't been able to connect him previously to January 6th, they want something damning to about, uh, regarding January 6th. They don't, ha- they don't know, they don't have anything, so they use this bullcrap National Archives thing. Like, we want to look and see if there's a library card that Nancy Pelosi gave you, or whatever. You know, like, they, they're something. They're looking for something, and they want to tie it into January 6th. And uh, this congressman uh, made multiple, I guess, calls to the White House or whatever during that time, so now they're going after him because of that. It's, and again, they don't know what, what he has, I, I don't think, I, I, they haven't mentioned if there was anything that, pre, that predicated this, no motive to do it. Right. But it, it's just intimidation. It's, it's intimidation. It's phishing. That's what it is.
0: Well, it's interesting because there is a new survey that says nearly eight in ten Americans believe that the U.S. has a two-tiered justice system. This is kind of mm-hmm. what you were talking mm-hmm. about, Rob. They asked more than a 1,000 likely 2022 general election voters what they thought. And they believe that the U.S. has a two-tiered justice system, one with a set of laws for political insiders and another for average Americans. And notably, large majorities of both parties agreed with this. Mm-hmm. They feel like there's one set of laws for those who work in the political realm and then you know another set for the rest of us. I'm sure neither of you were surprised by this.
1: Oh, no. I mean, Hunter Biden? Are you kidding me? He's on tape with a hooker doing blow or whatever other whatever the heck drug he was doing. <laughs> Are you kidding me? If that would have happened to me, would I still be sitting at this table talking to you guys? No. I wouldn't. It's absolutely insane. And then every other I mean, the the Biden family kind of seems really like a crime family. <laughs> it, it, it's a crony like a crony family, a corrupt family using uh, you know the opportunities that uh, Joe Biden gives the family, they just enrich themselves. Nobody else would be able to, would anybody else be able to get by with that? No, no. of course not. It's, and you, you look at that and really, and you mentioned why does this always happen with Democrats. I'm sure there's Republicans that do this too, obviously, because they're politicians. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, uh, Joe Ke- John Kerry's uh, son, he was right along with that. It was Devin Archer. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them, they're, they're all involved in doing something like this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hillary Clinton, for crying out loud. Yeah. How many scandals? And she example. Just, she slips through the crack every single time. She's just bulletproof.
4: I mean, you didn't have to do a fishing expedition on Hunter Biden because the crackhead brought his laptop to a place to get repaired and never took it back, <laughs> yeah. and gave you everything. There's emails on that laptop that say 10 percent for the big guy, and everybody knows that the big guy is, you know, is Joe Biden. It's it's a long history of this. There, there's there's text messages, emails, messaging on that, on that. The FBI Hunter didn't Biden.
1: even. Really want to look at it in the beginning? They were like, eh, right. nah, nah, whatever." The only way this
4: got into a government record is because a congressman was like, "Here's the hard drive. I'm entering this into the congressional record." Yeah. that's the only way that it got into it. It's there are there definitely are two levels of justice. One, but it's not one for just politicians. It's one for the connected politicians. It's one for the right politicians. Mm-hmm. It's one for you know the people that that toe the line, that don't go out of line. The Mitch McConnells of the world. The ones that took, play the game. Yeah, the Mitch McConnells of the world that took, like, he waited, I guess, for the polling to come in at like 7 o'clock last night to say, oh, it is bad what they did to Donald Trump. I must say this because the polling tells me to do this. Down. Like, he was asked earlier in the day and yeah. had no comment. And he hid behind flood victims.
1: You can imagine how many of the people in government, especially Congress, that were so pissed off at Joe Biden for being so blatant and so out in the open with his cronyism and corruption. because yep. there are like, I'm sure there's tons of them, probably 75% of them that are all involved in some way doing similar things. Sure. they like, dude, you're not supposed to do this out in the open. Right. But you're they, screwing us here.
4: They do do it out in the open, though, because if you look at the incestuous relationship between lobbyists and congressmen and their sons and their daughters and all of those things, there's a whole web of people paying the families of, con- but they do it legally because they go work for a You know, they go work for some sort of lobbying firm, and then it's a legal thing because it's all out in the open. But Mm -hmm. this has been going on from time immemorial. You try to make—I mean, who? Joe tried to make his family better, right? So he tries to make his family better, and he goes through there. So it's—it's. But there absolutely um, is a dual track. Yeah,
0: they've become emboldened because there's no accountability. You're never forced to account for what you've done.
4: And a dual track for the protected classes of Americans that the that the good politicians like, right? Like, you know, people that don't go to jail, the illegals mm-hmm. don't go to jail, you get out of jail. So there's, there's yeah, there's definitely two well, Speaking a
0: of immigration, we're going to talk about the next, we've got to go to break first, so stick around. The Department of Homeland Security, they have been busy because they are moving to end the Trump-era Remain in Mexico policy. Marking the end to a years-long battle um, coming amid this massive migrant crisis that we've had at the southern border. So this controversial program, it saw migrants return to Mexico for the duration of their immigration hearings rather than released back into the U.S. It resulted in tent courts being set up along the southern border and nearly 70,000 migrants were returned under the program. But in June... The Supreme Court ruled that the administration did have the authority to end the program, sending it back to the district court, which has now lifted the injunction. So there have been more than 200,000 migrant encounters along the southern border each month for the last four months, with an approximate 500,000 gotaways since the fiscal year began in October. So the Biden administration, they've been seeking to do away with this for a long time. So they've they've gotten their wish. What are your thoughts on this, Jason?
1: Uh, if you want more chaos, uh, this is exactly what you should do. And they did it, which is perfectly in line for this administration Democrat Party as a whole. Um, there was tens of thousands of, uh, of migrants on the other side of the border uh, that were just waiting for this to get lifted. Because, like you described... They, they didn't want to, you know, come over, then, then go back and then have to wait for the process because the process is not what they're really concerned about. What they were concerned about was getting across, getting their little notice to appear and then just dis- disappearing into the ether. Mm-hmm. That's what they wanted to do. Um, and that's exactly what's going to happen mm-hmm. right now. And we already saw, I mean, the, the, the floodgates have begun to open. People are starting to come across. Um, I I can't imagine what the morale of the border patrol must be right now. It was bad before. There was reporting yeah. that they were getting uh, border patrol were coming forward and saying, "Look, what are we going to do here? We get vilified for doing our job, and then they make it harder for us to do our job." I mean, I can't imagine. I, I, they must be quitting in record numbers.
0: They need help, but instead we're getting eighty-seven thousand new IRS. Workers, oh yeah, so.
1: right. <laughs> oh.
0: Great.
4: It's it's insane. I mean. I'm I am very sad that there are going to be, you know, children in cubicle medical cubicle metal apparatus, I mean, cages um, again that the Biden administration. But we will not call them cages. They'll mm-hmm. call them, you know, um, transitional housing units for migrants or something like that. Oh, That's going to start happening. The, you mean the, the kids ones Obama cages. built? Yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah, yeah those, I'm trying to like, yeah. be politically correct. They're not cages when Obama builds them. They're <laughs> transitory migrant housing. That's right. They became cages when Trump got elected. <laughs> exactly you know, you know, cubicle metal apparatuses. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's just insane. It was like the first policy that has actually worked to stem the tide of, of, of undocumented migrants coming over the border. Do we need to open up, you know, in, in, and it's interesting, right? Because you're seeing what's happening in, in, the Democrats and Republicans have always said, well, you want to bring all these people in because you want people to vote for you in the, the near term and then they'll keep winning elections. That's kind of backfiring on the Democrats because if you look at his, the Hispanic vote this year because of all the woke crap the Democrats are doing, it's actually trending for Republicans. I'm not gonna say that our laws shouldn't be enforced, but you know they may not get what they wish for mm-hmm. with this coming over based on how demographics are Well, you know,
0: for all their talk about, like, yes, we should welcome everyone and we need to take care of the migrants, the New York City mayor, Eric Adams, he's not too happy about it since Governor Abbott has been sending some of our new migrants into their cities. Let's take a listen to what he has to say.
2: This is horrific when you think about uh, what uh, the governor uh, is doing, the governor of Texas. uh, After a month of traveling across the border, placing on the bus with no direction to come here uh, to New York. And New York is a city that has always represented the democratic values and the values of our city, of showing our compassion. And that's what we're doing today. When you think about this country, a country that has always been open uh, to those who were fleeing uh, persecution and other uh, uh, intolerable conditions, Uh, We've always welcomed that, and this governor is not doing that in Texas, but we are going to set the right message, the right tone of being here for these families.
0: So it begs the question, are these sanctuary cities just virtue signals, or? (laughs) Because it just seems like none of them actually want those migrants in their cities. They talk a big game, but then when people arrive, they don't want them there.
4: I mean, Mayor Adams, what happened to the huddled masses yearning to be free? It's right on the big statue in in the harbor, entering your town. Governor Abbott is just sending it to a compassionate person. There, there's, they don't have the infrastructure along the border in the valley to take care of this many people or okay. on the Arizona border. So in in Texas, they don't have the infrastructure, so we're sending them in buses to places that do have the infrastructure that have always welcomed Democrats. What's wrong with that? Where's your compassion, Mayor Adams? Why, why are you upset that they're coming to your city? Is it because everybody with money is fleeing your city and you know, you're not going to have the tax revenue to run your city? Is that why? I mean, I, I don't know.
1: He's, he's, a, he's a baseball throwaway from the island uh, where they would bring immigrants across uh, right there in New York. And the, the system in place then was very, it wasn't, let's just let everybody in. It was very selective, right? So it wasn't like what we have now or what what they are advocating, just allowing people to come across. And it doesn't matter their legal status. It doesn't matter about anything. Just let them in. Uh, so it always shows the hypocrisy there. They don't even know what they're talking about. Even when, when the history is literally right there in their own city, it's, it's so stupid. We looked at the budgets from the border towns, uh, some of these small border towns in Texas versus some of the budgets of some of these sanctuary cities like New York or DC. And they have these multi-billion dollar budgets, With huge budgets, budgets that are directed towards homeless and a bunch of other things, that to where they could actually deal with it with uh, uh, um, an influx of uh, immigrants uh, in a fiscally responsible way, like they they actually have the funds to do it. Right. These border towns don't, and they're getting. I don't know how many times more than what these small, this is a small number, like a, like a few thousand right. that have gone there. They're getting a few thousand, what, every few hours or something like that. Yes. It's not even comparable. So, you know, to, you know to, to quote John McClain, welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to what we're dealing with. It has nothing to do with racism or being uncompassionate. It's about overloading the system. Yes. And you're not even dealing with the numbers that uh, these border towns, Arizona, Texas, are dealing with. It's, it's insane.
0: Well, his response to Governor Abbott is, <laughs> we have a clip of him telling him, we'll just send some New Yorkers to you. So let's
2: watch. I already called all of my friends in uh, Texas and told them how to cast their vote. And uh, I am deeply contemplating taking a busload of New Yorkers uh, to go to Texas and do some good old-fashioned door-knocking. Uh, because we we have to, for the good of America, we have to get him out of office. <laughs> from
4: you go first, <laughs> from an official podium, they're getting Donald Trump for maybe keeping a few documents. They're going through his whole house. This, this is the dichotomy, right? He's doing this from an official podium, making a political statement. You saw John current uh, job here., I can't talk about politics at this. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about politics at this at this podium, which is what you're supposed to do. I don't know New York law as well as maybe I should, but I'm thinking that that's an illegal use of the official resources of the state of New York at an official press conference to make a political point. Why isn't anybody raising that? Because he's a Democrat and he gets to do it. And I I just wanna make the point that
1: busloads of New Yorkers have been leaving all on their own based off the mayor's policies. Mm -hmm. They're coming to places like Texas because they don't agree with their politics anymore. They're, they're moving in mass from places like New York and California. Yep. Sadly, hopeful, well, hopefully they don't vote the same way, even though that's how it's been in the past. But uh, they're doing it all on their own. Thank I, you very much. I
4: think in Texas they are, especially the ones that are moving to Austin. In Florida they're not. In, in Florida it's like, I grew up in the Northeast, and in Massachusetts everybody said that the, the people that fled Massachusetts to New Hampshire would vote. You know, that they're going to just vote Democrat like it. It's going to ruin the state of New Hampshire. You will find that along the border, the border towns and border counties in New Hampshire— that's the most red part of the state because it's people with those values that are moving there. And that's what's happening in, in Florida, at least with the New Yorkers. I don't know if the same thing's happening in Texas. We'll see. Yeah, It'll nice be interesting up. to
1: see. It's funny, though. You asked if they're just virtue signalers, and that's exactly what they are. I worked out in, uh, out in California, Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, Bel Air areas. And everyone, and very make these very public statements in Hollywood and stuff, you know. Of course, because you, you care, you know. And yeah, we're do you know, just let them all in. Uh, that's not how they.
0: Really not, think. not when they moved to not. their neighborhoods. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's not. right. All right, we got to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about inflation. I'm sure you're feeling it. I know we are. So, stick with us. Every time I go to the pump, I'm like, oh, it's. noticed that there has been a slight drop in gas prices which a lot of us are glad to see but inflation it is still surging at 8.5 percent those were the July numbers that is hovering at a four decade high despite that drop in gasoline prices so that just adds a lot of pressure to all of us this has been really frustrating to watch Uh, food costs posted their highest 12-month increase since 1979 Shelter costs also rose. Overall, prices were flat compared to June. Um, This is really it's really hard. They're saying American households likely experienced little relief in July. It doesn't look like it's going in a great direction either. And Corrie Jean-Pierre tweeted about it, though, (laughs) saying we just received news that our economy had zero percent inflation in July. While the price of some things went up, the price of others like gas, clothing and more dropped. What in the world? Biden says the same thing. We have a clip of that. (laughs) Listen to this.
2: Before I begin today, I want to say a word about the news that came out today relative to the economy. Actually, I just want to say a number. Zero. Today, we received news that our economy had zero percent inflation in the month of July.
0: What's interesting about this, too, two top federal officials said this week, expect more larger than normal rate hikes until inflation shows signs of steady decline. Yet Biden, and Jean-Pierre, say zero percent. Rob, what what do you have to say about that? I mean, let's give Biden the
4: benefit of the doubt. He just, you know, stopped at the decimal point because it was 0.3 percent month over month inflation. um, 8.5 percent year over year, 5.9 percent when you take food and energy out for the core Inflation index, but but the media is running with it, too. Right. The Boston Globe today had a headline on their website that said inflation takes a vacation. Nice. It rhymed. Um, You know, and they're, they're all doing this. The market. I was talking with Jason earlier today, like. Yes, I get that it was 9.2% last last time and it's 8.5% this time. And core inflation went down a little bit. They were expecting it to be 6.1. It was at 5.9. That's a preliminary number. We may have a revised number that has 6.4. Who knows, right? But we're in the middle of stagflation. This is the presidency of Jimmy Carter. We have rising prices, a weakening economy. You know why clothing price went down? Because Walmart and Belk and... Jordan Marsh and all of these places bought a bunch of clothes because when people had money, people were spending money on clothes. They were doing crazy stuff with their shopping. They were doing all kinds of stuff. They ordered too much because of the supply chain. They didn't know when the clothes was going to get here. Mm-hmm. So they overordered. They're here. Now they've got to start sending it to discounters like TJ Maxx and places like that to get. Through. So, yes. Yeah, so clothing has come down because of the supply chain crisis and them overordering. Clothing hasn't come down because the cost of the raw materials. Has right. come down.
1: It's, it's been amazing to me to see how the Biden administration has really kind of shifted to this uh, this mentality of just th- making you think that, you know, you should be happy and try to cope with the situation. Um, so, you know, like in shortages, you know, they were making some very ridiculous you know, statements about, you know, you know, things to, you know, how to cope with some of the shortages and some of the some, like, food and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Carol Roth made a tweet. Several months ago, where she was like, "Inflation's not going to continue to rise. It's eventually going to get to a point where you know it kind of peaks out, and then the moment when it drops a percentage or two, they're going and it's going to stay that way. They're going to announce to everyone how awesome it is that it's now not nine percent, it's now six percent or seven percent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you're still paying astronomical prices. You're still getting gouged. You still can't afford groceries that you used to be able to afford, rent money." Everything else. You still can't afford those things, but they're going to be like, hey, see what we did? Now it came down, which was, it was bound to do anyway. But because they're operating the government the way they're doing it, because they're spending so much, because they're printing so much, we're still going to stay at that elevated state. So they want you to be happy and cope with the new reality, which is six to seven percent inflation. And say, this is a win. This, right. is, this is what we did for you. Yeah. And by the way, the, the reason why inflation is going down is because primarily is because gas prices. Everything else is pretty much out the roof. Gas prices did go down. But guess what? You can't take these things in a vacuum. We're in a recession. We're in a recession. And that's what happens in a recession. There was
4: lower demand for gasoline last month than there was in July of 2020, when everybody was forced pretty much at gunpoint to stay inside their house and vast portions of the country, right? There was lower demand because the prices were so high. The reason the prices are coming down is because people are staying at home and not taking trips, not doing things with their family, not doing the things that they could do before the pandemic, Mm -hmm. before this. And it's funny that you said that. I'm surprised that, you know, Carol seemed to be cribbing a little bit from Klaus Schwab. You'll be you'll afford nothing by 2023 (laughs) and be happy. I mean, it's 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 insane. And they live in their bubbles. What was it, the, the the Fed, the guy that runs the Fed in Los Angeles basically said, oh, I make $400,000 a year, I'm really not seeing any of these price po- <laughs> these points, these pain points. It's like Look, Of
0: course you're not. But you know what, Rob? If you need to make some more money, if you need maybe an extra job besides working here, I've got a job lead for you. You can work for the IRS because they are hiring new agents, 87,000 of them, right? So Ford Fisher, uh, the editor-in-chief of news to share tweeted, The IRS is hiring new special agents. This is legit. Requirements include working a minimum of 50 hours per week, which may include irregular hours and be on call 24-7, including holidays and weekends, carry a firearm and be willing to use deadly force if necessary. He screenshotted all of this. He said they will. this job will combine accounting skills with law enforcement skills to investigate financial crimes. All income earned, both legal and illegal, has the potential of becoming involved in crimes which fall within the investigative jurisdiction of the IRS criminal investigation. So is the IRS becoming a new branch of law enforcement? What's going on here? What well, am I missing? They have.
4: They've always had guns. This, this, I, I think that people have seen that, that yes, this is up there right now, but this is an older post for the special agents program, right? They've always had guns. They can always go to your house and get your tax records and do that. I've seen IRS raids on people. Um, it's, it's a little bit better than like the people in the Department of Education that carry AR-15s for some reason. I don't know why the Department of Education carries AR-15s, but they've got a, an armed thing. Yeah, but but but, but, but eighty-seven thousand people. They're, yeah, it's insane. And if you look at, there's a map, right? that that somebody tweeted yesterday that showed where the current audits are done. In the South. In the South, in poor counties, because those are the people that can't defend themselves. I also saw another um, media type or somebody in the Washington complex that said, well, if you're not cheating on your taxes, you have nothing to worry about about from the 87,000 things. We have a tax code that requires you to hire an accountant to do anything but a 1040-EZ. -hmm. If you do anything, if you have an IRA, if you bought or sold a little bit of stock, everything you do, if you don't hire a professional, and even if you do hire a professional, they don't know all the laws. It is so complex. Let's go to a postcard. You want you want to make the IRS streamline? Go to a postcard. How much money did you make? Send me ten percent. Boom, done. Maybe it's twelve and a half.
0: So do you think they're gonna weaponize this against conservatives? Even more so here on out. Yeah. You mean again? Yeah.
1: Obama, when Biden was vice president, they weaponized the IRS and went after the Tea Party and conservatives. They've already done this. Um, I'm not a fan of government in general and definitely not a fan of the IRS. Um, So I I would have always looked at the fact that they basically have SWAT teams as as worrying, Mm -hmm. but the scope now makes it even more concerning. So they already have about 80,000, as it is now, they have about 80,000 agents. They want to... More than double what they have now. Right. So for context, 80,000 80, people, uh, that's the capacity of Cowboy Stadium, AT&T Gosh. Stadium. So imagine being in the middle of Cowboy Stadium and looking at every single seat is full. They want to add more, more. than what can fit in Cowboy mm-hmm. Stadium. And then if you also look at, and I was just kind of expanding on the scope... Uh, they have right now. I think it's over 2,500 actual law enforcement officers that can carry weapons. They have over 4,000 weapons, so more than they actually need right now. So they're doubling what you know the actual mm-hmm. gun-carrying agents they'll have out there, and that includes automatic weapons. So automatic weapons. That's why I say SWAT teams. That's, that's pretty much what they're building here: is SWAT teams. It is. That's nuts. Oh, and five million rounds of ammunition. That is five terrifying. Million. Yeah. I mean, and it's not it's they're not going after the millionaires and billionaires like Bernie Sanders would say. Mm-hmm. They're not going after the when they said they're going after people under the, uh, they're not going after people that make under four hundred thousand. That's a total lie. Mm-hmm. We looked at everything. The Senate uh, budget, whatever, whatever committee right. actually broke this down. And it, almost only one tax bracket is not getting raised, their taxes raised. Only one. People that earn less than ten thousand, your taxes are going up. The next tax bracket stayed the same. Every other single one, all their tax brackets. They're coming
0: yeah. after you and me. All right, we have to go to break. But we've got a really good one, so stick around.
1: And the majority of audits, people that make less than 75000 yeah, they don't they touch the, the millionaires. They can't they they them. defend themselves. Yeah, they but don't they touch Because they the get millions. scared and
4: they won't
0: Former Nickelodeon star, she is blowing the lid off of what it was like working there. Her name is Jeanette McCurdy. She was on the TV shows iCarly and Sam and Cat. She has a new memoir out called I'm Glad My Mom Died, which is a really eye-catching title. Anyway, she is claiming that Nickelodeon offered to give her $300,000 when she left, um, saying the only thing they, they didn't want her to do was talk publicly about her experience at Nickelodeon specifically her experiences related to someone she's calling the creator, she's not naming by name. She said she turned down the $300,000 and said, this isn't free money, this feels like, to me it feels like hush money, is what she has said. She said that she experienced a lot of abuse, that the person she's saying is the creator uh, tried to encourage her to drink alcohol underage, maybe was doing some slightly inappropriate touching, that sort of thing, giving unsolicited back rubs, making other children there feel uncomfortable. Several of the, the big stars that this, creators supposedly worked with, Amanda Bynes, Jamie Lynn Spears, um, two actresses who also have notably had a lot of issues over the past decade or so, just like this Jeanette McCready. How prevalent do you think this, because you, you oh. worked a lot out in L.A., Jason, so I mean, how prevalent do you think this abuse is, especially with children?
1: I So I never witnessed that, but I mean, uh, the, the Just from the stories that are starting to come out now, what's Mm -hmm. starting to come to the top, whether it's Disney, um, how they're, you know, uh, you know, sneaking in a bunch of basically propaganda. Um, (laughs) These industries are toxic. I mean, all of Hollywood knew about uh, Weinstein, all of them. They all knew about it. They all would stand up and clap for him. That was the biggest open secret in all of Hollywood. But everyone shut up and allowed it to happen. Um, they know stuff like this happens, and these are and, and what sucks about Nickel. You know, uh, organizations like Disney and Nickelodeon are what makes this even more painful. Mm-hmm. Is that parents trusted these networks? Right, right. You trust these networks. I mean, I guess that's kind of a lesson. Is you know. Uh, we really need to, you know, be a lot more, you know, we need to scrutinize and, and be a lot more careful with, uh, you know, some of the things that our our children watch. But we trusted them. And that's what makes this so much harder, you know, to deal with. Like Disney? Mm-hmm. Serious? Like, I mean, we, we, it's going to be hard, but we're going to have to start punishing them, you know, with, I, I hate boycotts, but we've, it's, it's time to do it. Something we've got to start to boycotting done. these.
4: I mean, if the creator is the same person that we think the creator is, we won't say his name on the show. If we think it's the same person. Um, This person also overly sexualized these these kids. I mean, you watched a Nickelodeon show from the 90s and 2000s and the the 12 year old girl looked like she was 18 or 20. Right. I mean, they they overly up sexualized them. And it's 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 something that's been going on in Hollywood for a long time. In The Godfather, they took the scene out. You see it in the extended version, um, but it's in the book. Wallowitz, you see that that young girl that's in the scene when Tom Hagen comes in to, to talk to Wallowitz for the first time. That's the Hollywood actor, um, that they're trying to make an offer that he can't refuse. There's that young girl. In the book, in in, in film in the thing, she was just coming from being abused by him. Like it goes way back. I mean, right. this is you would think that Hollywood has changed, that it has. It seemingly hasn't. But yeah, you mentioned Jamie Lynn Spears and Amanda Bynes. I mean, Amanda Bynes was a funny like humorous person Very and she's gone completely off the deep end. I mean, and look at um, the, the, Demi Lovato was also either on Disney or on the other one. Mm-hmm. And she's had like just horrific problems with eating disorders, with, you know, just not knowing who she is. And it's that industry. If you look at them, if you don't have a strong parent, I think the only one that probably came out of it well was Melissa Joan Hart from the whole Nickelodeon thing, right, right? because she was 22 when she was playing a 12-year-old. That's why.
0: Well, it's interesting. We only have about two minutes, but CNN has redefined groomer, which is a term I think we would all use for what we were just discussing, as an anti-LGBTQ slur. So a reporter for CNN wrote an article last week covering the protests of a drag queen story hour in England and said that... Far-right extremists were importing U.S. hate and redefining the word groomer to be an anti-LGBTQ slur. So now Twitter and, and all of these other social media platforms are saying you can't use the word groomer. They're banning people for using it. So CNN doesn't really seem to care that there are multiple meanings of the word groomer. But now they're making it all about an LGBTQ issue right. rather than about someone who could possibly be grooming children or forcing them into some sort of ideologies.
4: Grooming is grooming, right? I mean, last week we saw a picture of a young child petting a BDSM puppy in the middle of outside, right? We saw that. That's grooming. It would be grooming if it was two females sitting in the BDSM puppy thing and you took a kid to, right. pet, to pet it, Right. It's grooming. Grooming is grooming is grooming. They're grooming children for their ideology and and to be preyed upon. Grooming is grooming. It's not a slur.
0: All right, we have to go to break. I would love to get your it, but we got to go to break. No. We've got one more segment. We
3: can back to around. That was going to be an amazing point. <laughs>
0: So you have to see this, an elementary school teacher is having a gender crisis. Today is my first day subbing in an elementary school rather than a preschool, and in preschool, you're just like teacher your first name, but in elementary school, you're like Mr. or Mrs. Last Name. And so I've been trying to think and like decide what my teacher name is gonna be, and I don't wanna be Mrs. Last Name, like I've never wanted to be Mrs. Last Name. So for a while, I thought like Ms. Last Name would be okay, but like, I don't know, I didn't love it. And then I was like, okay, how about Ms. H? Like Ms. H would be okay. But then last night I was thinking and I I was like, Ms. H just gives like the vibes of like,
2: a woman,
0: and that just and like that just doesn't. And so I was like mix h. like that just like mix h just sounds that like that just just, and so now I'm having a gender crisis
1: Hillary have, have you have you ever gotten like depressed that she had a vibe that you're a woman? Does that, that ever happen? You're like.
0: <laughs> Not one time. She's like, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> not one time. I, okay. Do you think this is the reason we've seen such a huge push for homeschooling? I mean, this is oh, this Exhibit yeah, A. Oh, yeah,
1: man. Yeah, exactly. I it's mean, so
0: confusing.
4: People. I mean,
1: c- credit people like Chris Ruffo and, and a few others that have really brought this out. I mean, this is one of the big reasons why I think conservatives are winning a lot of the culture wars right now. But consider this. This woman will not stop. Uh, she's on a path. She said preschool, yeah. elementary school. She's on a path. She'll be on a school board not too much longer than that. Then she'll be on the Department of Education not too far after that. She's a teacher. Absolutely I, insane.
4: I just want to say before we go, you know, you have Hollywood contacts. If you know who Michael Jackson's propofil doctor is, I might want to take some. Just like get myself to sleep for the rest of my life.
0: <laughs> after watching that. Okay, so we've got just a few seconds left. If people want to follow you, See what you're doing, Rob. Where do they need to go? Uh,
1: At Robino on Twitter. Jason? At Jason Butchell.
0: Awesome. Thanks for being here, guys. This was a fun show. And uh, yeah, I hadn't thought about homeschooling my son that much until recently, but now it's on my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for watching. We'll be here again tomorrow. Join us.
5: Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.